1: Coming
0: up on episode 286 of Wheel Bearings, we do some driving on ice and snow with Infinity vehicles on Bridgestone winter tires. Nicole drives the Jeep Grand Wagoneer L Obsidian. Sam gets the Nissan Pathfinder Platinum. Tesla has to recall some of its FSD software. Uh, Ford has problems with lightning batteries. There's a fix for the Hyundai and Kia uh, theft problems. And where should the charging ports go? All that and more coming up next. This is episode 286 of Wheel Bearings. I am Sam Abuul. Samage from Guidehouse Insights.
3: And I am Nicole Wakelin, and this week I'll be from Forbes.
4: And I am Roberto Baldwin. I'm gonna say I'm from the Wall Street Journal's BySide. Ooh, fancy. Ooh. Yeah, I'm I, I'm 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 a day late on my article, but I'm there. <laughs> don't, they,
3: they don't need to know that. Don't tell people that.
4: <laughs> don't tell people you're but late. Is that what is what is byside? Is that a, a special? It's like it's like wire cutter. Like, it's oh, like okay. wire cutter. I'm doing uh, I'm doing e-bikes for them. Oh, excellent. So yeah, Do you, wait, but, you
3: ride e-bikes. I like you're an bike guy.
4: I have an e-bike article going up on usa todays com at some point Ooh. and then I have this other one going up. And it's re- it's actually I really like the e-bikes because you can kind of just do these short little trips around your house and you know, I'm I'm, I'm sort of out of shape because Maybe of, you could get uh, an e-bike and ride that up to Napa and back. Yeah, I probably just, well, let me just put that in the back of the Hummer. <laughs> There's one of and them when that you get I could. To the
0: hotel, you can ride that home and then ride it ride back it home. the next morning.
4: When I, I was supposed to pick up a Rivian once from a from one of the deal, from one of the like little showrooms that they have. And they're like, oh, it's here. Can you make it there? And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, I have an e-bike. I'll take an e-bike to BART. I'll take BART down to, I think it was in South City. And then I'll get off, and then I'll just ride the e-bike, and I'll throw the e-bike in the back of the Rivian, and then I'll drive it home. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. We'll just bring it to you. i was <laughs> like, no. I'm like, it's perfect. It's like. Because <laughs> I need to put some miles on the bike anyway. Yeah. You have to put, yeah. Well, it, 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 yeah. It's, you're putting like, oh, I put 50 miles on the bike, which is. Doesn't seem like a lot when you drive cars all the time, but, but it's it, a lot yeah. when
3: you're on a little bike. <laughs> like
4: ding, but it's ding, an e bike, you know, ding, ding, it, it can go ding, ding, farther ding, than ding, that ding, on ding, electricity. Ding. So, yeah, it's about 30. Most uh, typically, they're about 30 miles, 25, 30 miles yeah. for the e bikes. We live in a very hilly area, and I'm heavier than I think. Well, I don't know if I'm heavier than most people, but well, you're tall. I am tall, so I'm You're just tall. like.
3: You're tall. It's all I, that height, those yeah. large, broad shoulders.
0: Yeah,
4: it, it's, it's long it's, bones those, and everything. Look oh, yeah. <laughs> like how long this. Look how long this arm is. <laughs> just one arm.
0: Imagine uh, if you added both in there. That's a lot yeah. of. Tasks.
3: God, that's a lot uh, of arm.
0: No,
4: wait, wait, wait. Oh, there's the other one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> e-bikes are great. You should if you. Um, Especially I, I for did cruising around. And, I did yeah. finally get
0: a chance to try and try a couple of e-bikes one in November when I was at the um, Electrify Expo in Austin. How'd that go? Uh, I I had never driven ridden an e-bike before, and I tried three different ones, and it's pretty cool. Um, if they if they weren't so darn expensive, I I would consider getting one. How much?
3: One. How much does an e-bike? Now that you're the expert, Robbie, how much do they About... typically run?
4: 15 like a good like you can just get a good one for like 15 to 2500 which is you know but okay. when you which which you're like wow that's expensive but they, have you priced out bicycles recently that's a good point <laughs> we, you
1: know, I guess
0: the, the we, ones the ones that i had a chance to try were more like you know four to six thousand dollars yeah just, what made you know, them
3: what made them worth more why are they fancier like why are they that much more
4: I Robbie? honestly have Sam? no idea. Sam's I'm like, never, I don't know why
3: you write does. about
4: these. <laughs> it's just it's accessories, the builder, um, you know, how it's being propelled. I mean, a lot of them you, you use a hub on the back, which is less expensive, but there's like a mid-drive system where the, the power is actually coming from the cranks, you know, the things you pedal.
3: Yes.
4: And those are typically a little bit more expensive, but they're actually – they're a lot better because that's, you know, it's – Okay. It's, yeah. It's, it's like putting – Trying to think of the best way to it doesn't anyway that's why they're more expensive you can go and look up e-bikes and i'll have an article okay um, i'm gonna
3: have to read your article and make one it now i'm curious um, side <laughs> and
4: and i don't know how long it takes it, if it's like wire cutter it'll take a few weeks before of edits um before it goes live which i'm totally fine with as long as you get paid as long as, long as, long as i get, get paid, paid uh, no the the, the 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 very nice folks over at by are they're very nice to me I don't know why people are nice to me, but they are. <laughs> because they, once they get to you know, know you... you know, They're afraid I'm they going to get them with my long arm. I'm just going to reach yeah. out and grab them. <laughs> <laughs> the Hold on All thing. right. <laughs> <sighs> what, what have you been driving with uh, more than two wheels? Me? Yeah. Oh, you, um, you know, I was going to talk about the, the, the EV6 GT, but I haven't done all the calculations. There's a lot of math for this article that I'm writing. So I haven't done the calculations yet because, because I went to Montana... Uh, and I saw somebody there, uh, a, a fine, fine gentleman by the name of Sam. Um, but I, I, wow, I, there's, I enough, there, there's there's somebody by the name of Sam who's a fine gentleman. I can't imagine that. <laughs> well, there's <laughs> one it. in Montana because there's only like twelve people in Montana. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but apparently they're all super rich. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah.
3: All I can think uh, of now is I started watching um, Yellowstone. Yellowstone. And everybody in Montana is a gangster slash horse wrangler. Now, They're all, and, 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 and
4: <laughs> I like to call him like Cowboy Batman because he has a Cowboy Batman voice. And now you'll yeah. never un- not hear that. Every <laughs> time he talks, he's like, I, uh, we, I gotta save the ranch. My family fought for this ranch for hundreds of years. Oh, and god damn it. It's he the same sound, thing sorry, over. He does
3: sound like Cowboy Batman.
4: <laughs> Sounds like Cowboy Batman. <laughs>
3: All he needs is a cape. Least... Make that meme. You guys are savvy. Make up a vision, a thing of him, and like Cowboy Batman, and just that, put a little cape on the
4: back of with Costner? little little talking? pointy, yes. yeah, Kevin little Costner's. pointy
3: ears on his hat.
4: And the first, yeah, uh, uh, we watched four seasons, and by the second or third season, I'm just sort of hate watching it because it's just like just ridiculous. I, it's
3: ridiculous, <laughs> and I love it. The, I I, can't, I need to find season five.
4: Yeah, that's where we we, we got to. Like, well, we could pay for it like now. We'll I know, wait, I can't so be, like... that's,
3: that's where I'm like, okay, got to pay for this. But then there's the pre the prequels, and for those prequel... of you who are into cowboy stuff and Kevin Costner,
4: <laughs> watch Yellowstone. <laughs> it's it's anyway we're not a we're not a, a Yellowstone uh, podcast not it yet, could obviously. be uh, okay. Go ahead. So I went to, <laughs> to Montana. Well, I can say
0: I have not watched a single moment of that show, so I have no idea what you're talking about.
4: Okay, it's Cowboys, gangsters,
3: shooting people. weird.
4: It's a it's like Dallas for. Yeah, it's not. It's not good. It's just like, huh. It's entertaining, sort of sometimes, <laughs> if not infuriating, <laughs> at least. Uh, QX60. I, I when drove the, the Infiniti QX60, I think we're going to talk about it too. So that's that's yeah. that's. We, we could just talk about that now if you want. Yeah, let's let's do it now. Let's do it right. now. So let's we we, we, we uh, You know, we're sort of Blizzak stands on this. Uh, we <laughs> this absolutely podcast. are.
0: We we are. I, I believe we have mm-hmm. mentioned uh, you know specialized winter tires once or twice on
4: the show before. Yes. We kind
3: of like Blizzaks. We kind of like winter tires. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. So, so uh, Sam and I were both and on separate waves. We were in uh, Montana, and we got to drive the new-ish uh, uh, Infinity QX60 on Blizzaks on snow, on ice. Like ice you just can't stand on. You'll fall down because I almost fell down on it trying <laughs> to put a GoPro on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And you know they—they they were very—they gave us a lot of uh, a lot of leeway compared to some other ice uh, driving programs I've been on. Some of them, they're like there's someone in the car with you, making sure you don't smash their car into the into the snowbank um some of them they have someone on the radio like yelling at you uh this one they were like okay yelling go there
3: <laughs> i love they'd be like well, we have someone to coach you and that coaching is slow down slow down slow down it's like i feel uh, like that, i'm being yelled at no, well, actually, you, know,
4: that, you know what it is
0: on, on on the wave before the like i was there the, the day before you the day before us there was a wave of um how should uh, how should i put this without being too condescending
3: lifestyle uh, life,
0: lifestyle people um oh. so that and there was apparently um one person there who had just got a driver's license like two months earlier
3: Oof. what yeah
0: and had never driven on snow or ice and um on on the uh on the the ice slalom that, that he talked about um oh, no. apparently uh on the second cone went straight into the snow bank and and this was on the the the, the um the the first pass through where we had to follow the slow cone, yeah, where where we had where we had to uh, follow the uh, follow the leader, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because on each of the exercises, you know, on the first pass through, we followed one of their professional drivers through, uh, so they could just show us, you know, which which way we were supposed to go, and so on that uh, on that first pass, the the lead and follow through the ice slalom, uh, that this person um, went into the snowbank and was quickly followed by another lifestyle person who bounced off the back of their vehicle. Uh, Oh, my gosh. They hit each (gasps) other. And then then on my wave, the the pro drivers that they had there, uh, the leaders, were so impressed by our – level of skill with driving it's still <laughs> an ice
3: you've
4: all had but your license for more than I don't know six months, months what yeah. I'm
3: really what I'm really confused by because I, I was invited to that program as well and couldn't make it and I was really sad because I love ice I love winter driving just let me slide around on the oh, snow I, I love it it's so much fun but I, they so when they you know they're picking like okay we're gonna invite this person that person this person writes for this outlet and this person writes for that outlet and let's invite I'm gonna invite a name let's invite Mike who's had a driver's license for two weeks to drive in the snow is that not something you vet? At a time? I feel like that should have been something maybe so much. <laughs> you might think so, but... I feel like a ball was dropped, and as a result, like, but, but a car do you was know smashed.
4: I guess, did you know, like, how... I mean, without looking at the paperwork for cars that we've gotten, we get in, do they know when we got our driver's license?
3: Well, but, like... If you know, when it's that, expired. You just got, here's the thing. If you just got your driver's license two weeks ago, Robbie, nobody knows you because you haven't been doing <laughs> hey, this. You hey, haven't hey, been come on, let's not
0: exaggerate. It was two months ago. Oh, months. sorry.
3: If you just got your driver's license <laughs> two months <laughs> ago, nobody knows you because you haven't been doing this. So you're still a new kid on the block. So uh... you'd assume because you're the new kid on the block, you've only been do- driving for two months. It's not yeah. like you have a wealth of driving history and reviews behind you. You're new.
0: Uh... That's, I have to um, know you're
3: new because you well, just appeared. Yeah.
0: you know I, I, <laughs> I, I do I mean I don't I don't know specifically who was on that wave, but the the impression that I got was it's people who aren't normally um, reviewing cars. it It was you know like really, style wave. Yeah, you know but you know what? As we're, as they were, we're talking on, about the, the the place we were staying yeah. and the the experience and what it's like to drive on snow. Um, you know, coming from a very different perspective than the but one it, that we might fair, normally
3: offer. But to be fair, there is, and I, sh- I I, feel very strongly about this, despite the fact that there were some bumper cars happening at this program, apparently, there is something to be said for the lifestyle person who gives an interesting perspective on things.
4: Yeah, because we're all going to say the same thing.
3: Not everybody <laughs> yeah, wants <blizzacks>. to hear... <laughs> yeah, 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 that's what we said. <laughs> you so know, unless and, you want to yeah. know that. But I think they give a really, like, to the person who's like, I don't want to listen to a bunch of gearheads talk about cars. I just want to, like get more fun. And what was it like? And you just, that actually is really valuable. So yeah. not yeah. at all what we're generally doing, but still valuable in its own world. I don't want it to sound like we're just like, we're ha- the or harping on the, of, the, the,
4: the yeah. influencers. Right. There's, some,
3: there's some very, there is a strong value to influencers. I like
0: the yeah. influencers.
3: At, they at, can be fun certainly.
0: too. Certainly. You know, and you know, on fast women, you and Eileen, you know, a lot yeah, of I guess a lot do. of what yeah, I mean, you talk about truly. the cars and your experience yep. with the cars, but you also talk about the larger experience of the trips that you're taking, the places right. you're going, you know. And so there's a lot, there's a you know, it, it's a it, the it's adventure. Cool. Sometimes yeah, the, the adventure is, the, yeah. is,
3: is is it's not just the car; it's the adventure. But I there's some lifestyle folks out there that I adore. One named Claudia, she's my favorite life. She has this really cool poofy red coat. I think she was on that. Hopefully, she wasn't one of the people who smooshed a car. I'll have to ask her. Hopefully, it wasn't Claudia. Okay.
4: Smooshed a car.
3: Smooshed a car. I know. that It sounds so much more delicate than what actually happened.
4: Yeah. But, well, yeah. So, I didn't smoosh any cars. Um, Good
3: job, Robbie. Did, I, you, oh.
4: did you smack any snowbanks, though? I did not smack any snowbanks. Can you got...
3: make that the title of this episode? Smooshed Smackings. cars and smacked snowbanks. Smoosh
4: cars. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. It, it, was, it was because they allowed, you know... Uh, part of the, the program was, well, put the car in snow mode when you put in snow mode. And you can see where if you were, I were driving on the road, especially if I wasn't used to driving on snow, how helpful that is. Because as you're turning the wheel, it reduces the amount of acceler- uh, of uh, acceleration you can input. So that's great because sometimes, you know, like, oh, I mean, you're turning and then you're putting your, you know, you just, ah. Um, so, yeah, no, it's really and, helpful. And, and, but you're, then- and you're, you're not exaggerating there. In fact,
0: you're, you're very much understating that. You just turn when, it, and all of a sudden, foot, no,
4: no, no, acceleration. Yeah, when,
0: gone. when when the when the stability control is turned on, and you're on <laughs> snow or ice, and you've got the wheel cranked, you can put your foot all the way down the, the accelerator pedal all the way down to the floor.
4: Nothing. Nope. Mm-hmm. Not nothing. Which you is really good. Bad it's bad. Just, again, you're which is a good I, thing, because you just slide <laughs> off into nowhere. Yeah. Because. <laughs> Um. It and so it, no. It was. It was. And but then you know they were like, oh, put it in sport mode and turn turn off the uh, traction control, and they are like, yeah. And then you can feel like how well those blizzaks work, especially on the ice. Uh, they were off.
0: shockingly good.
4: On the ice, on them with in sport mode with the the traction control off. I mean, it's you're just they're sliding everywhere, but it is. So much better. It's better than than walking on there because I tried to, again, almost fell down while trying to put a, a GoPro on the car. I'm even more um, sad that
3: I missed this because I would have liked to have seen the flail that probably went along with the almost falling. My arms flailing? are so long. Like, oh, what's like that? One, one arm. I Robbie's falling.
4: One arm was in Montana, yet the other one made it all the way up to Canada. <laughs> exactly. That
3: would have been a great to see.
4: Um, no, it was it was it, it's it's always eye opening when you when you uh, when you drive around on those blizzacks, and you have you know in a controlled environment where you know, you're not, you're not. You know, there's no potential for you hitting other. Well, I guess you could other cars. <laughs> yeah. You can't. Just scratch that, limit, limited, that. limited limited potential to get limited potential for to get into trouble. Um, it was great, but it's also a, you know a great reminder. Like you know, even with those blizzaks, even with traction control, even with ABS, even with everything, at the end of that ice slalom where we were just riding on a sheet of ice, you slam. You're like, okay, now slam on the brakes, <laughs> and you still slid for a good five ten feet. <laughs> And you know to, to describe what this was
0: like, actually it was probably it was a lot more than ten feet. Yeah, you know, the the maximum speed that uh, at least Perry uh, Perry um, Stern and I we were, we were driving together. The, the maximum speed that either of us saw on the ice was about twenty three miles an hour. So you're going through this you know pretty good like slalom, and the the most speed you can get up to. You know, without losing it, it's about 22, 23 miles an hour. And then you get to the end and slam on the brakes and you slide for, you know, probably another 50 or 60 feet. You
4: smack another two cars is what it is. Yeah. Like, as, you, as you slam it on the brakes... And you you you, if you've ever driven in the snow and you know what happens when you put on the brakes and all of a sudden you're not stopping, there's a car just like you're just barely like, No,
3: no, 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 no Yeah, you're just waiting. Oh god,
4: oh god, oh god, oh god, please. This this was definitely if you were if you had been driving on this and you slammed on the brakes, you would hit the car in front of you with enough force to have them hit the car in front of them, to have that person hit the car in front of them. That's that's so so when 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 the authorities are like, Hey, it's really icy, it's just a sheet ice, don't drive, maybe don't drive. Yeah. Stay home. Or stay wherever with, you are, even with some of the you know the best you know winter tires on the planet. You're,
0: <laughs> unless you know, unless you're driving something with studs, um, you know Which that's about are... the only way you're going to get any significant traction.
4: Yeah, yeah, and and most places I think are they're they're they've outlawed them or outlined them just because they're so horrible to the road.
0: Yeah, it depends. Like in you know in Scandinavia, um, you know especially in northern parts of Scandinavia where. The way that they handle the roads in the wintertime is they don't actually, um, they they don't use any salt or sand. They plow the roads, you know. So there's a layer of packed snow on the roads for basically for the whole winter, and so you're never almost never coming in contact directly in contact with the pavement, you know. And so their studded tires are allowed and in fact encouraged. Yeah.
4: They know what they're doing, though. Yeah,
3: they do. They get. Kind all of like, a lot of we're we're they all have trying.
4: To. I was. I was trying to do the flick a lot. Um, yeah. with the QX60, which is not is not built for that. Um, I got no. it a few times. <laughs> you don't but think? It's not <laughs> built for, for flicking. Um, I don't know.
3: I feel like we'd have to check. I feel like it is. What, I feel like
4: you're terribly what, mistaken. What kind of speed
0: did you get in the figure eight? Or t- what was your time in the figure eight?
4: Oh, at the end it was like thirty-two. Yeah. I got third, but I had a hor. It was a, a, I had a horrible. You know the first. Circle yeah. like as you're going in. I, I just, both times it was just horrible, just like horrible. I, cause I was trying to flick it and I didn't, and so then I just understeered yeah. all the way through, and I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> and then I, so I I added like three seconds to my time with yeah, that. But, I, can, I I'm like counting. And I'm like one, two, three, like trying to like correct and then come back out. So I I ended up getting third, and I was very disappointed. I I also got third, but by the by
0: the time that uh, that we were doing it at the end of the day. Uh, it was icy, you know, mo- huh? Mo- yeah. Mo- the, like, yeah, around the inner portion of the circle was pretty polished. All of the snow had moved to the outside. So for my second timed run, I actually went wide around the outside where there was actually some snow to get a grip on. And mm-hmm. I managed to get like 29.7. Oh, see, that's what I should have done. But, but the, the guy, the, and I came in third. Perry did like a 29.3. The guy who won. Who was got, it? Uh, it was uh, Kurt okay. from Edmonds. I don't know okay. his last name. Okay. Um mm-hmm. And uh, he, he got, like, 27.5. He was, like, wow. two seconds faster than us. Wow.
4: Did he flip? Did he, was he able to drift it, or was just, like, on the outside? Uh, I think he just went wide like I did and oh, just so managed, to better, managed
0: to get a better track than I did.
4: Because if you could have got a, a nice drift around that, especially wide, it, uh, you're looking like a 25, but nope. I think mean, it's just funny that, how, like,
3: two seconds doesn't sound like a lot unless you've ever done anything, like – but it's a lot when you're driving, like when it you're is. trying to, for speed. Two seconds is like
0: especially. I mean, this was not a particularly speed. large figure eight course. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking thirty seconds, you know, to get through this thing, and two seconds is a pretty substantial difference.
4: Yeah, yeah. I'm just counting. I'm like one, two, <laughs> three. I'm just like, uh, I know. I you, just, you just feel the like, time oh. ticking away as you're
0: as you're understeering out towards that snowbank, and it's yeah.
1: just uh, And hitting and, the bottom.
0: And then the other thing that we had to do at the at the end of this was we we had to stop, we had to hit the brakes at the right time to stop inside of this box that was basically just slightly longer than uh, than the QX60. Um, so we had to we had to t- figure out where to hit the brakes so we could stop in time. And if you're if you went outside of the box, you got a five minute or five second penalty.
3: Did you go outside of the box? Did you slide right through the box?
0: I did on multiple occasions, but on my timed runs, I did not. So Anytime I I have
3: something where I have to stop inside of a box on ice, I don't. I either stop way before the box. so like the grill is in the box because I'm so worried it'll slide (laughs) through. I'm like, wait, that's not right. Or I stop on the other side of the, 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 the box, and it's like that the exhaust pipe is in the box. and <laughs> The rest of me is out. I'm like, I'm like either way through. I'm like, I don't put a box at the end. Just give me a thing to stop at. I'm okay. Don't give a box. I apparently I don't like boxes.
4: <laughs> I, I hit the box twice at the end. I think. Oh, shush. <laughs> I think I, well, that's what, I mean, that's what essentially we help me get third. Cause I was like, Oh, this sucks because yeah. it had gotten so icy and snowy that the stop where you <coughs> applied pre, uh, brakes before it was now like a car and a half before that. So you, as soon as you came out of that figure, eight, as soon as you were straight, like you could maybe go maybe half a car length before you had to put the brakes on. Because everyone missed the box. People just... <laughs> um,
0: one, one of the, uh, the interesting things that we learned, um, you know, even when you turn off the stability control on the QX60, there's still <clears throat> um, a, a torque vectoring system on the front and the rear axles uh, that just uses the brakes... Um so you know when it's detecting slip on one side of the on one, one side or the other, it'll apply the brakes to the side that's slipping and send the torque to the opposite side to, to try to get some grip. And on the oval uh course that we were doing, um <coughs> uh, I, I heard I heard this grinding sound as I was Uh-oh. going around the corners. And what that was was actually it was applying the brakes because I was going rather swiftly. And by the time I've, I finished, and I, st- I opened the, the car door to let Perry get in and drive,
4: and it's like, ooh, brakes, cooked brakes. Oh,
0: she yeah, was to I, I yeah. took
4: the brakes on the the slalom because I was I was uh, drifting back and forth. like I was doing wide drill, I'm like whee! So by doing that, because I was accelerating, letting off right at the the apex, and then hitting it again, so the car would slide. So the car was like, oh, I got to do the brakes. So, it, you, when it, yeah, I had, some, I had some melted brakes because yeah. of that. Melted That's sort brakes. of the weird thing about the, the, those, those, those brake-based uh, vector uh, systems is that, you know, torque vectoring is that it's, yeah, you can, you can cook the brakes. There's a Ezra over at Car and Driver. He had the Raptor? Bronco. The Bronco Raptor. And he was okay. in, on the sand dunes. And you can the brakes are essentially on fire. There's like yep. video, like
3: <laughs> so little yeah, flames it, shooting out as he's driving along.
4: So yeah, go over to Car and Driver, look up Bronco, Raptor, Ezra, and there's uh, there Ezra should be Dyer. a video. Yeah, uh, there should be a video or a photo or something, but like you can see the rear brakes are just glowing red. Oh geez. Yeah. Did you get a chance to try the Q50 at all? No, I was trying to just just make the focus on the new car. I you know if. Yeah. And I capturing video. And so there's, you know, once you're, when you're capturing video, like all the sort of like, Hey, you want to try this other thing? You're like, no. Hey, do you want time. to eat lunch? I'm like, I don't have for that time yeah, for that
3: food. Foods for losers. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Eating, eating's for chumps. Yeah. No one eats.
0: Um, we, uh, Perry and I both got a chance to, uh, do a couple of laps of the, the figure eight in the Q50, uh, which is <clears throat> the last remaining, um, car from infinity. Uh, now that the Q60 is gone. And, um, so, the 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 um, uh, the QX60 is based on a, a front wheel drive architecture. It's a transverse engine. It's the same same platform as the Pathfinder, the Nissan Pathfinder, and uh, it will deliver up to fifty percent of the torque to the rear axle. Uh, but you know it's it's front biased, uh, whereas the Q50 sedan is a rear wheel drive platform, and it's more rear biased and. It is one that is definitely a lot easier to do the Scandinavian flick and, and get the back end of that thing around. But you can feel it you know, when, when you're going through some of those maneuvers as it's shifting the torque, doing the torque transfer back and forth between the, the front and rear axles. Um, it, <laughs> you gotta, you got to be paying attention all the time and, and ready to respond if it does something at any point where you're not, you weren't quite expecting it.
3: You can't be not ready or you're in trouble.
4: Yeah, absolutely. He's like, "Woo! Oh well, now I'm I'm pointed <laughs> the wrong direction again."
0: Yeah.
3: Dang it all!
4: But yeah. uh, no, the, the the QX60
0: was you know was was really nice to drive. You know, driving up from we stayed in Big Sky, and we drove up to uh, to West Yellow or I guess South to West Yellow West Yellowstone Airport, where they had the circuit the track set up for testing, because uh, the airport gets so much snow that it's closed for airport operations through the winter. Uh, So they were, you know, they had some courses set up on the taxiway, uh, taxiways and runways there and also had a a snow cross course, you know, sort of a rally cross course, which was also a lot of fun to to try out in the QX60.
4: Yeah, it had elevation changes and everything, which I'm always fun. It's always funner when you're doing those snow uh, drives when you have elevation change.
3: I think yeah. any track's more fun when there's elevation change. When it's just straight, it's not as fun. When you like come up a hill and you're like, like "What's on the other side?" Whoa! It's always kind of exciting. <laughs> I love that moment. Oh God, turn right. <laughs> Nicole's always
4: driving around the edge of cliffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: cliff. Ah! And, and when you you know we get some decreasing <laughs> radius turns with a uh, with a late apex, you know, trying to trying to hit those just right so you're not s- understeering right into the snowbank on the opposite side. Yep. Um, no, we 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 had uh, a very enjoyable time and. and Learned a lot about the benefits of uh, proper winter tires, uh, uh, and I had a chance to uh, chat with um, Iris Ocasio, who's uh, computer products st- or consumer product strategy manager at Bridgestone about those, um, and I'll I'll drop that in uh, here somewhere. Um, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, it was a it was a it was a it was a good day. So um, we're here in Montana today, driving a bunch of Infinities on snow and ice, and one of the key parts of this is that they're all equipped with Bridgestone Blizzak tires and on wheel bearings podcast um we often tell our listeners how important it is to use winter tires but i want to hear you know, from from Bridgestone you know what is first of all what is the importance of winter tires versus all season tires or summer tires what what how do they work differently
2: yeah so with bridgestone english is hard sometimes for okay. me uh The differences with tires is really, like, what conditions you're going to be driving in. Mm -hmm. So we don't have a strong stance. Let me rephrase. We highly recommend, if you're going to be driving in maybe 45 degrees or less on ice, packed snow, we highly recommend a dedicated winter tire. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, if you're in a mixed climate area, you can get away with an all-weather tire, like our Bridgestone Weather Peak. Um, that has that three-peak mountain snowflake. Uh, but if you are particularly like where we are in Montana, um, where you are getting a lot of snow and a lot of ice or any freezing overnight of ice, you definitely want a dedicated winter tire. And the differences here is with a summer tire, you're going to have a stiffer uh, tread compound. So that's what's going to give you your precision handling. And that's what's going to have more of that stickiness on the tread mm-hmm. so you can of course grab your terrain or grab your pavement a little bit better with an all-season tire you kind of get the best of both worlds because it's like in the meat like in the middle mm. of tread. more, more, <laughs> more of a,
0: a jack of all <laughs> trades and master of none though
2: Ex- well it depends on what you're going for yeah so yeah. with uh like with an all-season tire like it depends because you have also like a sliding scale on those as well oh. like you have something that's a little bit sportier that of course is going to perform better in like a summer type pack um or you have something that's a little bit more say this compounds a little softer that is going to be more of your three peak that's still going to give you that comfortable drive that you're used to in that long tra- like that long wear life but on the flip side you still have that winter traction that you're used to. Uh-huh. But when you're going into harsher winter conditions, having a softer tread, which is something that we do with the Blizzak particularly, um, and I'll get into the multi-cell here soon, um, that talks about more of the ice side of the equation. With your particularly harsh winters, you want to have that dedicated tire because it is a little softer. So as temperatures drop, especially in your different tread compounds, the tire gets stiffer.
0: So the so rubber itself, the tread yes. gets, get, gets with a summer compound, it gets harder and it doesn't grip.
2: At, Yes, at higher slash lower temperatures, yeah. if that makes sense. Yes. Um, so with winter tires, you're, we call it the glass point. That point uh, is lower, so it's designed to withstand lower temperatures, and it still maintains so it that flexibility. Stays, stays more pliable. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's perfectly phrased. Um, so it keeps that pliability. Um, that way, you can still have that good, optimized contact patch. That way, you can grip better on these wintry terrains.
0: Because mm-hmm. I think I think the thing people don't necessarily understand about tires is the the rubber. When you're driving down the road, the the rubber is actually deforming a little bit to around the mm-hmm. texture of the road surface, yep. whatever that texture is, and so it needs to be pliable enough to get a grip on that. That's how you get your your traction. And winter tires are specifically formulated to maintain that in cold temperatures. Right? Correct. Okay.
2: Um and that's something that we we stress a lot, especially like with tire safety. It's really important to look at where you're living and like where you're driving just to make sure that you have the right tire for you because truly the tire's the only thing that separates your car from the ground. Right. <laughs> so having a having a tire that's right for you is incredibly important. And one thing that we've really showcased here today, uh, with the Blizzak particularly is especially on ice or that packed snow, what really gets you into trouble is that layer of water mm-hmm. that sits on top of the surface. And with multi-cell, what that does is that wicks away the water from the surface so you can optimize your rubber to ground uh, traction, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Right. Um, and on the flip side, with the softer compound and especially the sipes that we have in both of our uh, Blizzak products, the, the mv 2 and the LM, which is what we're driving on today, it packs in that snow because the best traction you are going to get is snow-on-snow snow traction. So
0: uh, you mentioned the word sipes. Can you explain what that is?
2: <laughs> I can show you a little bit better, okay. but uh it's all of the little cuts that you see yes, in those the those tread little, block. The little
0: diagonal slices, yep. that, slices that, yes. that you see, uh, particularly on winter tires.
2: Correct. And you'll see it on on a few other like Yeah, all seasons, all seasons have
0: it to some degree. But summer tires don't. They have solid yes, blocks of rubber.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So like those those types are those slices in the tire in the tread box are what's going to give you a little bit more traction so you can like pack in the snow a little bit more. Okay. And um
0: the the multi cell, that's something is that something that's unique to uh, yes, to Blizzak tires?
2: It is. Um and it's uh we're incredibly proud of uh the Japan developments that, you know, essentially started a uh, multi-cell. And the best way I can explain it is uh, when we are going through the compounding process, so we add a chemical into the compound, and as we're curing that tire and as the temperature rises, that chemical evaporates, and it creates those pores those, or those divots that are what wicks away the water. So
0: it creates kind of a, a porous... Yes. rubber rather than a solid block of rubber.
2: Correct. And, like, my favorite analogy for it is, you know, when you're making a cake
0: mm-hmm. and you
2: have all of your, like, liquid ingredients and then you bake it in the oven yeah. and you pull it out and you cut into it and you see all of the pores? Yeah. That is exactly what's happening with these tires.
0: Okay. And so the the water gets wicked up, uh, the water from, from the, the ice surface, because as you drive across it or, you know, just the sun shining on it, you can yeah. have a little bit of melting, a thin film that gets wicked up into those cells so that you get direct rubber on ice. Yeah. Drip. Okay. Yeah,
2: that is exactly right.
0: Okay. Great. Um so what uh what else should people be thinking about with uh with selecting winter tires? You mentioned the three-peak symbol. Uh, can you explain for people what that is?
2: Yeah, that is the three-peak mountain snowflake certification. So it is a uh industry standard uh certification that shows that you have a tire that is capable in like light winter conditions Mm -hmm. so more of like your packed snow type conditions really um that still gives you that traction Mm -hmm. so if you're like me in nashville where the city shuts down (laughs) when when there's a threat of snow or ice um but you still need to be able to get out like that is a great like that is a great candidate for an all-weather tire Mm -hmm. um now again if you're here you definitely want more of a a dedicated winter, yeah. Um, and that's kind of how we w- differentiate. And one thing that I want to, uh, like call out specifically is when you start seeing your breath, yeah. that's maybe when you want to start thinking about changing into your winter tires. Yeah. Uh, especially if it is consistent. Yep. Um, and if it's like six months out of a year, you like, you definitely want to have something that's going to give you that traction and also it it expands the the life of the tire Mm -hmm. so of course storing your winter tires as you're switching them out is incredibly important we always recommend that you clean them off keep them away from the uh, from the sun to avoid any uv degradation but really having a well-maintained winter tire is going to get you through a couple of seasons or a few seasons
0: and um even with with winter tires even when it, if it's cold but you don't have any yeah. snow, it's still important to use those winter tires, right?
2: Absolutely. Like if it's cold, you still have that almost like mini layer of ice that mm-hmm. sits on top of the surface, and having a winter tire is really important for that. Now, if you get warmer climates where it kind of melts, at that point you can kind of get away with a, with right. a three peak. Okay. Which, or with an all weather tire. And then, of course, your standard all seasons are going to deliver, like, mild winter performance. um, And it's going to give you more of that comfortable, traditional, like, long tread life and that comfortable ride that you're used to. Um, But that's uh, really just a very personal decision on Mm -hmm. on what you're driving on and, uh, of course, vehicle safety. So having a good tire is is really going to... (laughs) Help you out in these scenarios. Yeah, and,
0: you know, as you said earlier, you know, the, the the tire is that is your contact with the road. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a car with a hundred horsepower or a thousand horsepower. Mm-hmm. Those four little patches of rubber <laughs> is all that is transmitting all that power to the road, and or and, and for your braking as well and Absolutely. steering. Yep. So if those if those four pieces patches of rubber, you know, about the size of your the palm of your hand. Aren't getting a good grip. Doesn't matter what you, what else you got, you're not going anywhere.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's truly astounding um, how much your ride can be improved or worsened by the tires that you select. So that's why I think it's super important that you reach out to your favorite tire professional, mm-hmm. figure out what works for you. Um, we do have quite a bit of offerings, but really. Figuring out what what you're trying to do with those tires as well is really important. Yeah. All right. Well, Iris, thank you very much.
3: Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great. But having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium T-shirts and jeans, to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com. Code S-T-A-P-L-E-2-0.
2: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: da ba ba ba
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much.
1: Did you know
0: you can support Bearings directly? Head to patreon.com wheelbearingsmedia and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to patreon.com slash Yeah, any day
4: you get to do it's cold, ice driving, but, but, it was but, good. but like a Bridgestone has like a winter driving. Oh, you've done, yeah. you done that. I did that. Colorado point? Springs. Is yeah, it? it's in Colorado. So if if you're like, you have money. It, you to, it, but
3: you know you're in Colorado? Colorado and they you know they offer really a thing fun.
4: where they, they do cuz I was and talking they teach from, you how like they, they teach you like the things to do. They did well, like also lamp. teach
3: like kids like not little little kids but like if you're a new driver <laughs> it's, Two yeah. it's 2 months 2 months and for teenagers because they will help teenagers yeah. learn the right way to do it before they learn the wrong way to do it.
4: Yeah, that's, I'm always a, a big uh, like when I my wife wanted to learn how to ride a motorcycle I was like, "Oh no, you're going to take class. Don't learn from me because I'm sure I've been doing things wrong for at that point, how old was I? Like 20 something years, <laughs> like 30 <laughs> years, 25 years. I've probably been doing things wrong. So don't learn from me, learn from a professional who's going to tell you the right thing.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, Steamboat Springs is the Bridgestone Winter Driving School, and they've got a variety of different classes safety classes, performance classes. Uh, they'll do group and custom classes. And uh, you can, uh, If you, I'll, I'll, I'll put the, uh, the link in the uh, show notes. It's winterdrive.com. Uh, but it's it's definitely um, worth considering, especially if you live somewhere uh, where you know where you get these kinds of conditions the the basic um, safety class is actually only six hundred and twenty five dollars, which is not bad at all.
3: like it sounds like a lot of money, but guys you get like if you have it and it, it you learn so much from these guys because they put you in controlled ish situations and they also teach you like i how would you do this and you do it and you think like, yeah i got this he's like i'm going to tell you why everything you did there you didn't do the way you should have done so they let you see how the wrong way and then they'll have you do it completely the wrong way to show you if you completely fumble a situation this is how the car handles it's very very good at teaching and it's worth the money as a safety thing it's an investment in your safety
4: absolutely it's, it's pretty great like just the steering like you know don't if you steer too hard you're sliding on like unwind your steering. You're like that seems counterintuitive. I just do it, just do it, yeah. and all of a sudden you catch and you'll yeah. do your turn. You're like, oh wow, yeah. And they,
3: yeah, they let you do things over and over. You're like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And all of a sudden you feel you're like, oh, if I do oh. that, you're like, that's what you're trying to get me to learn. Got it? You know.
0: And they'll teach you the shuffle it's, steer. It's it's the kind of stuff that you you won't learn you won't really learn on your own. Um, cert- and you certainly won't be able to learn it in a safe environment on your own. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you you do need to to get some training to, to do this. Uh, and I know, I mean, I, I was fortunate, you know, I started my career in engineering working on ABS systems and, you know, got thrown in the deep end, you know, doing winter tests. <laughs> and I, I learned so much about driving from that experience, you know, and I, that, that is, that is one of the things I miss about, uh, about my engineering days is, you know, doing the winter testing. Um, you know, because you get to, you you're, Exploring the, uh, the limits of the vehicle in that controlled environment. Um, and you learn a lot about how the vehicle behaves and how you can control it and be a safer driver. Um, and it makes a huge difference. It's, it's definitely worthwhile. And even the, um, the top class, the, the, what they call fifth gear, fastest ride on ice class at the Bridgestone School is uh, $3,300 uh, for looks like it's a, a two-day class. Um, but you know, the, like I said, the, the entry class is first gear, um, is, uh, is $339. The second gear class is 625 bucks. So, you know, you could take, you could take, you know, those two over a couple of days, you know, for a thousand dollars and you'll probably, for the average driver, you'll probably learn pretty much everything you need to know mm-hmm. to be safe
4: on the road in yeah. any conditions. Yeah. And yeah, it's, 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 especially yeah, if especially if you don't... <laughs> So Especially, you don't want to teach your kid bad habits. That's that's the other thing.
0: Yep. Or un- all right.
4: unlearn all your bad habits. Yes. <laughs>
3: yeah. Unlearn everything that you thought you were doing right. You're like, I've been doing this wrong my whole life. Oops. Yeah. Because
0: if you haven't <laughs> if you haven't done something like this before, chances are you have bad habits that need to be unlearned.
3: Like you don't think you do. Oh, yeah. You're going thinking like I'm fine. I'm fine. I got this. And even I think us. Every time I drive anything like a, if it's like a racetrack or whatever, there's always some little thing. He's like, see how you put your thumb like that on the steering wheel? Don't do that. I'm like. Why he's like move your thumb oh and like they tell you these little things you don't it's even little, know that you're doing yeah. and it's like how did that make a difference so the 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 more you know the more the more subtle and detailed the instruction they give you they will find something you're not and, doing right yeah.
0: <laughs> and probably the single most important thing to learn whether you're on snow or ice or pavement is keep your eyes where you want looking where you want to go um, yes. Oh, yes. yeah don't don't look off to the side look where you want to go so you know you're looking you know through the through the corner you're coming up on towards the next one and if you look where in the direction where you want the vehicle to go your hands will generally
4: follow yeah your body will make I, you, you do you, that I
3: can still remember like they were having us push these vehicles and kind of there was an area where it's like, you're going to push and people are going to end up in this snow here. Like you're going to do this. Like they knew it was going to happen. And I really went in the snow and I like (laughs) totally was like, Oh God. And, um, he's like, he's everyone else is going like, sort of like say slightly to the left. I went a little bit more to the right. He's like, so where were you looking? And I'm like to the left. He's like, I don't think so. I think you were looking over here. Look where you want to go. I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I always think of the guy telling me, look where you want to go, and I'm stuck. Look in the where snow. you want to go. Men are digging me out.
4: You look at a cone. You're if you look at a cone, you're gonna, you a cone, you're you're gonna, gonna hit, hit a cone.
0: cone. Yep. So, uh, so what did you think overall of the Pathfinder, Robbie? Not the Pathfinder,
4: the QX60. Uh, the QX60. <laughs> it's not. I think you know. Again, I think Nissan has you know recently sort of dug itself out of this hole that it's been in for a couple of years. And I talked to them a little bit about that, and they're like, "Yeah." <laughs> um, I think the QX60. You know, we drove it up to we drove it up there. I sat in the back seat on the way to, to and from the airport. Uh, drove it in the snow. Um, it's a it's a good car. I you know I applaud them for for sort of you know it's it it feels nicer than previous Infinities that I've driven. Um, it's you know they're 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 doing the right thing, is what they're doing, and and you know it can be difficult, especially in the high end for you know that's their their luxury, the Nissan luxury brand, and it can get it can be, you know you can get lost as that brand. I mean, Acura sort of got lost in there for a while, and you know sometimes you, when you drive a Lexus, you're like, why wouldn't I just get the Toyota version of this? And so, you know, it's it's you know I think the QX60, um, it delivers you know most of everything that someone wants from a luxury brand. its comfortable, you know, massage seats, comfortable in the front, a lot of leg room in the back, um, you know, appropriate, you know, power, appropriate, you know, drivability, um, all-wheel drive, which everyone wants now. And, of course, the snow mode, so if you're out in the middle of, you know, Montana and you're hitting snow or ice, or if you're in Michigan or really anywhere where there's snow, um, you know, you'll, you will you know, if you have Blizzacks, awesome, but if you have All Seasons, you have snow mode on, you should be fine as long as you're not driving like a maniac. Slow down. That's the really everything in the yeah. snow. A lot of snow, snow driving is like slow down and think ahead. Like anything you think you should have done, do that way beforehand. You want if you feel like you should stop, maybe you know lift off and then slowly press the brakes like you know five times further than you <laughs> normally would.
0: Yeah, I mean one of, one of the first lessons I learned as an engineer working on anti-lock brake systems was Newton was right. Yeah, you know, uh, F, F equals M A. <laughs> Who knew? Absolutely true. You know, <laughs> reduce that acceleration, reduce that velocity, the forces become much much lower. And yeah, yeah math, man. Better, you have a much better chance of, of surviving, <clears throat> yeah. um, if you if you just slow down. Um, so, yeah, uh, cool. Um, all right, Nicole. Yes. What'd you drive?
3: I drove the 2023 Jeep Grand Wagoneer L Obsidian.
4: Ooh, nice! Yeah.
3: So I had a very fancy, very expensive, uh, luxury SUV this week. Anyone want to take bets on the pricing of the 2023 Jeep Grand Wagoneer? Can't even say it, Grand Wagoneer L oh. Obsidian 4x4. Uh, I'm the
0: the say pricing s- somewhere yeah. around 115 thousand dollars.
3: Okay, what's uh, your uh, price? Yeah, I'm just gonna make you do price. Forget I'll, this destination. I was gonna say
4: like 110, 112, but you both lose. Oh yeah, you is both went it over.
3: It's actually really? yeah, it's actually the one I had as as equipped in Nicole's driveway right now is one hundred and seven dollar one I
4: should have said one dollar. I don't know why I said
3: yeah one hundred seven thousand and thirty. Oh okay. And it's the base so, on this, so it's not
0: quite as well equipped as the one that I drove a little while ago.
3: Probably not. I guess not. So the that base one's closer
0: to one fifteen.
3: Yeah, the base on this one before you put bells and whistles. I mean, it already has them. Before you put more bells and whistles is um ninety-eight thousand but this one has and I love this appearance package it has the obsidian appearance package which basically just murders out your SUV SUV it makes everything black and that is fifty five hundred dollars I would totally I would totally do that for all the black little bits and pieces and it's it's a cool appearance package. I like it. I think a black car looks cute when it's or cool when it's like
0: all black. Yeah. There's no
3: color just black. It's like it's like Batman. It's just black. Um
0: it's hard so to be stealthy in something as massive as a Grand Wagoneer, Elf. But
3: you try. Well, you know, it's no one's gonna
0: see. Uh, no one's <laughs> gonna see me. No.
3: no. one's gonna see me. I'm, all I'm into just gonna black.
0: fade into the background.
3: I'm the size of a tank, but no one will ever notice me. Well, it was funny. I went to get um, like I do. I went to Crumble Cookies to get cookies, and as I was waiting for them to bring my cookies to the car, the guy's like, wow. "Did you send some to Jim Morrison?" I did not send some to Jim, but I was like, wow. I'm like, this, the guy's like, this is, this car is really cool. We were looking at it out the window. That is really cool. I'm like, thank you. As he's, you know, reaching up to hand me the cookies through the window. (laughs) A little
4: step stool so you can get in.
3: Yeah, a little step stool so you can get in. I um, was going to take my mom out to lunch and I'm like, I don't think she can get in this. Even with the running boards that like deploy the automatic running boards, which, okay. So you guys like those that they deploy automatically? I don't like it because I'm tall. I'm yeah. tall,
4: so they sort of like get in the way for me.
3: Would you rather have the fixed ones? <clears throat> they're there whether you want them or not, or the ones that go and close up? Because
4: I, <sighs> hmm.
3: I have strong opinions on this little tiny feature.
0: Well, my, I I I would say uh, it depends. You know, if like the the Wagoneer, you know, has an air spring suspension, so when you put it in park, it lowers itself down. Mm-hmm. So it's not quite as critical to have it on. Have those deployable running boards, you know, or just running boards on something like that. Um, but I guess you know, if you are of not quite uh, as tall as as Robbie or, yes. or even myself, you might
4: appreciate having that extra step up but there. Th-
3: not the extra step, a deployable extra step or a I, I, fixed
4: extra step. I'm gonna say I don't like the deployable ones only because the the reason I would have a vehicle that tall was because I was taking it off road. Uh, or I was driving in, in. I was driving somewhere where there's probably going to be salt on the road. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm driving it in very harsh conditions, and that's under the car. So it's just going to yeah. get. Des- it's just going to get destroyed. So, um I do. You know what I do like? I like the little like metal bar that comes out that has a little sandpaper on it.
3: Oh, like some cars so sort, of, sort of a rock rail. I, I think. Yeah, like, like a rock, rock rail almost. Yeah, just so I like those step- better. I like I those better. I don't like the ones. I do like the rock rail one better. I don't like like it's really neat and it's this cool fancy feature and it's huge. Like it is a large step. Like it's, it's
4: like not, this. It's like a bed. Yeah. It's like six. feet. yeah surf on Like these it comes from, yeah. out and there's like a like like a like a family of kids sleeping pillow. on it. Yeah, you
3: could just like oh sorry we were napping here. Um, but what I don't like and it's this isn't a jeep thing. This is just these kind. Every I, if you don't timer if you open the door quickly and you step out. It gets you. That's a good point. It gets point. you. Yeah. So you're because if it's just there already, you're stepping over. When it comes out, it's like if your foot is too fast, it's like it's coming down as your foot is coming down. The number of times I've gotten dirt and salt and whatever all oh, on the back the of your pant of my leg. My
2: like, yeah. gosh, dang
3: it! So I have to remember to sort of like wait and step. So I, I just want them yeah. to always be there. As a woman of or action,
4: I can see how that would be very as a, as a woman of action, yes. You're not like opening the door and then waiting. You're like, I got to go.
3: Right. I'm like, you I'm just, moving. Get out of the way. I got a plane to catch. Yeah. So, you just um,
4: got to be a little more
0: relaxed. You know, well, take your time. No. Uh, no. In. no. Woman At of action. At this point in my
3: life, the woman of action. I'm going with Robbie Singh. <laughs> I am a woman of action. I need the running boards to be ready the instant I step out of the car. <laughs> so, um, but I really like this. I mean, the thing is, it's huge. I mean, and this is the L, so yeah. it's a long wheelbase. So it is absolutely gigantic. I drove it um, to the airport. Um, and
4: oh god, <laughs> Did people just start getting in?
3: Well, yeah, exactly. people are like, here for the ride. But the thing is, so people I go standing there in
0: the aisle with their bags, waiting. waiting to yeah, step Yeah, waiting
3: to step in. So uh, the Sumner Tunnel, the bane of my existence, which is this beat up tunnel that you have to take in and out of uh, Logan Airport, and it always feels like you're going to get, like you don't have enough room to drive it. In a Miata, it feels like you don't have enough room. In the Jeep Grand Wagoneer I swear to God, my heart rate was like up, like, oh my God, oh my God, don't hit the wall, don't hit the wall, don't hit the wall. It's so close. It feels absolutely huge. And it is, it is a challenge to park because it's just so big. You're coming around. It's like, it's like you know cruise ship sized if you can get over this if you can get past the size like if you want a big suv if you can get past the fact that the challenges of just driving a big vehicle i really like this i think it's very smooth that air suspension is fantastic so you don't it's very controlled like you would think this giant thing is going to like wobble around Mm -hmm. it doesn't it's actually a really nice ride it's super comfortable inside i mean it is really comfy the captain's chairs in the second row, I could just sleep in those. I could just like like if I had a kid that I had to drop off at practice, I'd be like just knock on the window, guys, because mom's going to be asleep in the second row while you guys are playing soccer. It is such a comfortable interior, and what I really like, and this is think something that Robbie would appreciate, you can actually just get into the third row and sit there. Like it doesn't matter how tall you are. I had my husband get in; oh, he's six yeah. three. And it's not even like you have to squinch your knees. It's not like a narrow spot. It comes so far forward. Like you can just turn and step right up into it. There is such a large space between the second row seats and the the entry into the third row. And you can sit back there without, like he's just kind of sitting. Like he's not, like his knees aren't squished. He's not having to, you know, feel like he's mushed. That is a spacious third row for that vehicle. If you're a tall guy, this is a good car for you if you're gonna get stuck in that third row.
0: Cool. Yeah, no, uh, and to what you were saying about mm. you know the the feeling of the size, you know, like going through a tunnel, you mm-hmm. know, from the from the first time that I drove the the Wagoneer, what twenty twenty one, I think is when they had the the drive program I for think that. So that you know,
4: sounds
0: right. Uh, you know, driving that thing in Manhattan was mm. nightmarish because the right. Wagoneer is four inches wider than a Ford Expedition or yes. Lincoln Navigator, and two and a half inches wider than the GM SUVs, the the, the suburban and Tahoe and mm-hmm. Yukon and, and Escalade. So it is far and away the the widest of any of these. Right. So you really feel it, you know, when especially in urban areas, you know, you feel you know the the lanes it's seem big. to be encroaching on you. Exactly.
3: Like, like there's, it's like you're in some like movie and the lanes, it's just getting. You know, when a hallway stretches out in a nightmare and never ends. You feel like the lanes just getting narrow and narrow and narrow as you're driving along. Um, so I mean, and that's like, don't buy a great big SUV if you're not ready to deal with that. Like that's an any yeah, SUV problem. This particularly huge. with this one because it is bigger, but any big SUV. But I mean, my gosh, it's got passenger room for miles, cargo room for miles. Um, it's got. The tech, it has three screens in the front of the car. You've got your, actually, four, I guess, if you count the instrument cluster. But there's, like, the big infotainment screen, and there's one that actually retracts below it. You push a little button, it goes, whoop, and it retracts sort of into the dashboard. But otherwise, it has, like, the massaging seats and the heating and cooling and the temperature that you can control from there. But behind it, there's a little bit of storage and, like, your USB ports and little, like, nooks and crannies to put your stuff. And then there is a passenger screen that i rightly could not see this time other than that it existed i could like you know see the outline of it but i can't see anything that's on it because i shouldn't be able to because i'm the driver and i shouldn't be able to be distracted by whatever's happening halfway across the car like that um so you've got that screen in there uh it's you know it's got four wheel drive it has i just love that they call this a three liter inline six it's the hurricane twin turbo um 510 horsepower 500 pound feet of torque Um, They say 14 miles per gallon city, 19 miles per gallon highway. That is not fantabulous. But if you are spending $107,030 on an SUV, I would hazard just a little guess that your fuel economy is not such a big concern for you.
4: like, Yeah. Like, I goodness.
0: have my own. It's still oil a thirsty field. beast, though.
3: It is a thirsty beast. So there's no <laughs> denying it's a thirsty beast. But it's a thirsty beast with a hurricane under the hood that moves. Like you, you mash the gas pedal on that, and the thing really moves. It. It gets out of its own way, which you for Considering some. Considering this thing
0: weighs three tons, you know? right?
3: That's I mean, and you and you sort of you feel this is a large, heavy vehicle, and it feels that way. Like it feels substantial. I don't want it to sound like it feels like this ponderous thing. It just feels substantial. You're in a big SUV that's designed to be comfortable and bold and in your face, and that's exactly what it does. But it is expensive. It doesn't get great fuel economy, um, but otherwise, it's and it has deployable running boards that I dislike but otherwise
0: i love it <laughs> so one one more question for you yeah you know, as far as the the design goes relative to the standard length Wagoneer.
3: yeah
0: um you know some people have said that you know because basically what they did is they they added 12 inches to mm-hmm. make the l
4: right you know,
0: and i think half of that is in front of the rear axle the other half is <clears throat> behind the rear axle you know so the rear doors are longer the seats are actually in the same position so you don't actually get any more third-row seat room, but that doesn't matter because there's plenty anywhere.
3: There's so much But you have there. a lot
0: more cargo space yeah. for you know, up to eight people. Um, but what do you think about the proportions of it now compared to the standard Wagoneer?
3: Well, I think the standard, I mean, it, it doesn't, a foot is, it's a, it's a small amount, but it's a huge amount. I mean, that's a good, like, you know, put your hands out, you know, like to see a foot, that's a good amount of space. It, it makes it, I mean, it just looks huge. The regular Wagoneer, Grand Wagoneer, you see it; it's like a big SUV. This one is like almost like an in-your-face. Like it is so much. Like A larger. train. It yeah, it yeah. is really large. It's going to attract attention just for sort of a like who the heck needs a car this big? You know, that's that's the question you think when you see this. Does she have a family of twenty? Like, how do you need this it's much a vehicle? It's the Brady Bunch. But if you have a lot of people, you have a lot of cargo. You want to be able to tow, and you want to have all this luxury. It puts it together. I think I like the look of the standard wheelbase better, but it's not. If I had to pick because I'm spending that kind of money, I'd pick the standard wheelbase. Also, I don't need that extra cargo room. But if you need it, yeah. by all means, go for it. But you, you, yeah, if you look at them in profile especially, there is yeah. a difference. So that's you, really the only place you are going to see a difference no, is in profile. You look at the profile, you line them up next to each other at the dealership before you spend your hundred grand, and you look and you see, do I really want it to look that big for the extra foot of cargo room? I don't
4: know. Do you need that extra foot of cargo room? <laughs> yeah, I you know, much... Again, if you're picking up executives from the airport, it's great. Right. That's a good point.
3: Yeah. So, yeah. So that was the Jeep Grand Wagoneer L Obsidian 4x4, which, um, yeah, I, I liked. Overall, like, two thumbs up. Like it. Two
4: thumbs up. All right.
3: Two thumbs up.
0: Uh, all right. I had the 2023 Nissan Pathfinder Platinum, which is why I keep... Kept Calling everything a Pathfinder? The QX, the QX60. <laughs> yeah, I mean, under the skin, it's basically the same thing as a QX60. Um, same platform. Uh, same powertrain and everything. <clears throat> but... Um, they, you know, where the QX60s got a little more upscale, luxurious, fancy look to it, um, and you know, much much nicer interior, uh, more up, more uh, premium looking interior. Um, the the Pathfinder, you know, especially this current generation that they launched a couple of years ago, you know, it has, you know, it's pulled pulled in a few design cues from some of the early Pathfinders of the 80s and 90s. Um, so it's a little more rugged looking, even in the, the Platinum trim. That I had. They also have the Rock Creek, uh, mm-hmm. which I was originally scheduled to get, um, but things happened, and so I ended up with a platinum instead. Ended up um, in a creek? Huh? Did it end up in a creek? Did it go in the creek? Uh, no. i no, 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 was just I, I needed to get it a day earlier, and the, it wasn't ah, available. So they okay. so they gave me the platinum. Um, but anyway, the uh, you know the the look of it, um, you know, compared to the previous generation Pathfinder, which was kind of nondescript blobbish. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was. It was depressing. <laughs> it was kind of depressing.
4: It was because the Pathfinder was like this really... Did you call it ob- I did. I <laughs> did <Like>, say. <laughs> when the Pathfinder came to market, it was so cool looking. You're like, oh, it was like an adventure. Tr- it was like an adventure SUV. And the it original like, Pathfinder. Yeah. And it had yeah. like, if it had four doors, you couldn't tell because the other two were sort of like disappeared into the cycle <laughs> yeah. of the chicken tacks and which is a whole other thing. If you get bored, you can look up on Google. Um, but yeah, yeah, and then it got the opposite of it. <laughs> All right, but before I go on, I gotta ask, what are you sewing? No, I'm un- the dog. Like somehow messed up the cat's toy, so I'm trying oh, to okay. it. It, <laughs> it look like he was <laughs> sewing. Yeah, was like So the dogs, the dogs are in here, and he's destroying it. So if I don't fix it. Okay, now while he's funny. staring at me,
3: I also thought Robbie was sewing, and I was going to ask him, like, "What are you sewing?"
4: I figured it was it was a costume for one of your bands for an upcoming yeah,
0: gig or something. But you, know, you never know. <laughs> yeah, anyway. someone
4: asked someone asked us to wear something sparkly for a gig, and I'm like, "Um, all right." <laughs> oh
0: my gosh! So anyway, the Pathfinder, uh, you know, it's it's got a little more chunky, rugged look to it now, uh, which I think I think is good. You know, the the proportions are, are good. Um, you know, it's got kind of the blistered fender look of the early generation Pathfinders. Um, you know, if you look in the grill, you can kind of see the, the three horizontal slots that were there on that first generation. Um it, it's it's a it's a good looking vehicle. Um the uh the interior is roomy, uh not quite as roomy as the uh the telluride that I had the week before. Um and particularly in the um the cargo area. The the telluride had more cargo space behind the third row. Than the Pathfinder has, uh, but you know if you're not using that third row, you can always drop those seats down, and then uh, you know use that extra space, which is what I did when I dropped off my wife and her best friend at the airport last week for for a little trip they're taking. Um, so that this is, uh, you know, it's it's well equipped. Um, you know, it still has you know the the same basic infotainment system that Nissan's had for many many years, um, which you know is. Fine, you know it works okay. Nothing, nothing special. It does have uh, Android Auto and, and Apple CarPlay uh, wireless support. Um, the uh, the Platinum does have you know a little more upscale interior than some of the other trim levels of the Pathfinder. Not quite up to the level of of the QX60, uh, which is fine. You know, based on you know kind of where it, where it is in the lineup. You know, you don't want it over really overlapping the infinity because then otherwise. Why would you buy an Infiniti? Um, 284 horsepower, 259 pound pounds-feet of torque from the 3.5-liter V6, 9-speed automatic, uh, intelligent all-wheel drive. Um, let's see. Uh, there's uh, a mode selector for uh, drive and terrain modes. Uh, it can tow up to 6,000 pounds, um, in, at least in theory, uh, when properly equipped. Um, it's got uh, the ProPilot Assist lane centering system. Uh, which we, I think, I don't know if we really delved into that when we had uh, uh, Kelly uh, Funkhauser on the other week, uh, but that one um, ranked uh, up pretty well. I think it was like number four overall in their rankings. Uh, it's a pretty decent system. I like that uh, one
3: too. I think
0: it's yeah. good. Um, and um, a 12-inch uh, uh, instrument cluster display and a 9-inch center touchscreen. Um, all in this one came to um fifty four thousand seven hundred and eighty five dollars, including delivery. Uh you want to guess on the delivery charge?
4: Nine ninety five.
0: What'd you say, do- Robbie?
4: I'm gonna say one dollar. Uh Nicole wins it. It's twelve ninety <clears throat> five. I knew it was gonna that's be more, nice. but I just wanted to say yeah. one dollar. <laughs> so you know it's it's interesting. In my heart I knew it was more, but I just wanted to say one dollar. Sure, whatever you need <laughs> to say you know, to make the,
3: excuses, that's fine. In my heart. <laughs>
0: This one and the and the Telluride, you know, very similar vehicles, you know, in terms of you know the the market they're going after, and they're priced within three hundred dollars of each other. Um, so, you know, it's you know, and a lot of these these um, more premium trim level uh, three row upper midsize crossovers, you know, um, you know, are all getting into that mid lower to mid fifty thousand dollar price range now. So it's really you know, and they're all pretty good. Uh so you kind of have to look at it and say which one, you know, which one's design, you know, Palisade or um Pathfinder or Telluride or explorer you know, which one's design appeals to me because they all have you know or or you know uh, Highlander, you know, they all have pretty similar features and characteristics to them. Um and uh so it's just, you know, what do you like the look of and you know, which one's actually available on a dealer's lot or or to order. Um, so yeah, the Pathfinder Platinum four wheel drive. Uh, it's, it's a pretty decent SUV. Um, it's rated at 22 miles per gallon combined, 20 city, 25 highway. Um, I think I averaged about 20 uh, overall uh, with it. Uh, it was uh kind of cold when I had it, so uh, it's not not bad at all.
3: Thumbs up, you like it. We'd drive again, yeah,
0: yeah, it was okay. fine. Um, all right. Um, let's see, let's delve into some of the stories of this week. The uh, F 150 Lightning, um, has, uh, has been getting a lot of uh, positive reviews over the past year since it came it out, Yes, Uh, but uh, now they've had probably their biggest issue to date. Um, they have had to do a stop sale on stop and stop delivery and shipment on the F 150 Lightning, um, because um. They've got an issue with uh, battery packs um, and uh, dun, dun, dun. I, I, I spoke with someone from Ford uh, the other day they, they weren't able to share much or really almost any detail uh, at this point uh, but they uh, they did uh, tell me that the fire that occurred actually occurred in the factory uh, before it was shipped uh, or one well, it's not clear if it was in the factory or in the lot, but somewhere, you know, before it le- before it left the factory and was shipped to a dealer, they had a fire, uh, a battery fire in one of these, and so they're they're investigating it. They they think they have a fix for it. Right now, they've got to stop. They've stopped production for at least two weeks, um, but hopefully they'll be they'll have a fix soon. They Ford wouldn't tell me if the problem was with the battery pack mm-hmm. uh, assembly. Or whether it was a problem with the cells, you know, which is the problem that we had with uh, with uh, previous battery fires from GM and Hyundai and, and BMW. Uh, those those were problems with the cell manufacturing. Um, it's not clear exactly where the issue is on this one, um, but hopefully we'll find out soon.
3: Yeah, that's kind of a big deal.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's one of Ford's top-selling, uh, you know, well— It's one of the top-selling EVs. That's not a Tesla, Um, you know. And there's a big backlog for them. Uh, So and and Ford right now is still um, making changes. They're working on. There's a lot of construction going on at the factory in Dearborn where they build these to ramp up uh, production. The production rate to 150,000 annually by uh, by this fall. Um, And so hopefully it doesn't take them too long to sort out whatever the problem was and, and find a permanent fix. Yeah. I
3: better find something quick. This isn't exactly a vehicle <clears> they can afford to just have sitting around chilling. You know, <laughs> they need to. Get this one, a lot of people want this one. Got to get it moving, boys. Figure it out.
4: Yep. The fact well, especially... that they're, they're they're going up to one hundred fifty thousand units a year is, is pretty mm-hmm. insane because yeah. yeah, not a lot of cars sell one hundred fifty thousand units. I mean, the top ten, but then after that, it falls off dramatically. Yeah. And, you know, um, Chevrolet is supposed to start
0: delivering Silverado EVs, at least the work truck, uh, sometime this spring. Uh, and then consumer trucks uh, later in the year, um, followed by the GMC Sierra. And someday, who knows, there, there might even be a, a Cybertruck, but I wouldn't hold my breath on that one.
4: Someday. <laughs> one it's gonna, uh, I really think the Cybertruck's just going to be this little niche product. They sell, like, maybe 10000 a year. Yeah. Because they're, they're essentially going to have to be hand-built I think it's it's the whole like idea. Either you back away and say, you know what? We made a mistake. Or you just stick with it and you have to charge a, a, an enormous amount for them. It's, it's just it's – just, yeah. Just building them is going to be <sighs> – <Yeah. And, laughs> Long-suffering sigh. <sighs>
3: uh,
0: well, speaking of Tesla, um, th- this week uh, they announced a recall on 363,000 – Tesla vehicles with the full self-driving beta software in there, um, and you know for issues like this, you know the legally, you know the the terminology is still recall, um, even though you customers won't actually have to take the vehicles into a service center to be repaired. Um, they're just they're going to do an OTA software update, uh, but. You know, from NHTSA's investigations, they they found a, a number of issues that they went back to Tesla with and said, "Hey, you know, we, we want these things fixed." Um, and uh, let's see, that includes uh, things like uh, driving too fast, um, rolling through uh, traffic signals, uh, you know, traveling, uh, let's see, traveling or turning through certain intersections during a stale yellow traffic light. Uh, the perceived duration. Wait, what's a
3: stale yellow traffic light?
0: I'm what does that even hundred, mean? I'm not a hundred percent. I'm googling
3: sure. just because I've never heard that before. Okay, continue. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, let's see. The perceived duration of the vehicle's static position at certain intersections uh, with a stop sign. So, in, you know, whether it's actually coming to a full stop or how long it's staying uh, stationary before it moves again. Um, so basically, I know what, doing I know what a stops. stale
3: yellow is. I what have is a definition. It? If you didn't enter the intersection until the light was about to or had already turned yellow, you had a stale yellow and are guilty of running a yellow light. So, like, it's like when you yeah. take
4: a left turn, like you're supposed to be out there and waiting and waiting and yeah. waiting. It turns yellow, then you can turn still. But if you're still back behind, let's say, the crosswalk, right. and you, it's yellow you, and you go for it?
3: <laughs> yes. If it's All yellow, right. you go for it. Yeah. Okay. which okay. Which is actually, the, yeah, I knew that. I just didn't know that was what that was called. <laughs> yeah,
0: so, technically, that's illegal um, mm-hmm. pretty much everywhere. Um, also what else adjusting vehicle speed while traveling through certain variable speed zones so you know, if the speed if the speed limit changes as you're driving down the road um, you know, <clears throat> the, the car wasn't properly adjusting the, the vehicle speed to the new speed limits um, and uh, let's see negotiating a lane change out of certain turn only lanes to continue traveling straight so this this one is you know a particularly potentially a particularly dangerous one you know so if the car was in a turn lane in a left turn lane, and then decided, no, I'm going to go straight and changes lanes, you know, over to the one of the, the through lanes. Um, you know, they don't want it doing that either. So Tesla is going to have to make some software updates for this. It's not clear exactly what they're going to change, or even when they're going to release this updated software. But but they did agree to to do this change, do these changes based on uh, um, what uh, NHTSA said. So we'll, we'll see when that happens, you know, if it hopefully gets any better. Frankly, I think NHTSA didn't go far enough. I think they should have just told them to stop, just recall, recall FSD beta entirely because it's just not safe enough. Yeah, it's kind it's, of it's not something that should be in the hands of consumers yet.
4: Autopilot is the one, of all the, the, the driver's assistance systems that I've driven over the years, it's the one where when something goes hinky. It really goes. It's like it's all it's, that, is, that is a technical term, that by the way. His
3: technical term is hinky, yeah. yes.
4: Wait, it's something. It really. It is. It is. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. Like, it's terrible. It's a little <laughs> like everything else. You're like, all right, this is a little weird. This, all right. I've, I've had cars stop in the middle of the freeway. <laughs> it's just. Oh gosh. It does like really. It's it's very extreme. There's an extreme yeah. well, reaction. to that, I mean, That's what to happened. Something.
0: That's what happened at Thanksgiving on the Bay Bridge. Um, a Tesla uh, in in. I think I think it was in, actually in FSD mode. It pulled over to the leftmost lane in the tunnel going through the across Treasure Island. Um, and then slammed on the brakes. And then seven other cars right behind it all slammed into
4: it. Oh, I've geez. had that I've had that I had a model three do the exact same thing in the exact same spot, but going the other direction. Oh. Like a wait, Was it no, it's now it's I'm trying to think. Is it above? Below? Below. Well no, they're they're yeah, below are the tunnel are the tunnels <laughs> side by side or uh, cause they're, the bridge they're, is stacked, stacked. they're stacked well, they're stacked the bridge the is stacked of, on the San eastern. Francisco side on the bay uh, on the East Bay side it's it's separated they're they're, okay. they're next to each other they changed it when they had to replace the old bridge right but as you come to the to the tunnels the tunnels are stacked
0: okay um, all right <laughs> so anyway um, Tesla is gonna have to uh, do an, an update on those vehicles uh, in the not too distant future. Fortunately, you know the good thing about OTA updates is like unlike in the past when an automaker had to do a software update to fix a compliance problem, a legal compliance problem, they had to convince all the customers to come in and actually get the cars updated. Mm. Yeah, and to go that often took months or years. And the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration actually has some regulations, but when there's a recall, a safety recall, uh, the a certain percentage—I think it's 75 percent—of the vehicles have to be the, the repairs or the changes have to be completed within two years. And back, I know back in the early 2010s, um, there was something that um, that Stellan or Fiat Chrysler at the time. Had on RAM pickups. There was a recall on RAM pickups. And they, they didn't get all of them done within that time period. And then they had to pay extra fines. Oh, wow. With OTA updates, you know, the manufacturer can just push out those updates and basically have everybody updated the same day. Uh, so that's that's one of the upsides, along with the convenience factor of not having to go to a dealer, or, you know, a service.
4: Yeah, because that that's can be the a best pain. Because you sometimes you're it, like, it, yeah. oh, you have to drop it off at seven a.m. and then we'll have it done at five. And then you call it four thirty. You're like, yeah, it's not done. Do you want yeah. your car back? I'm like, yes, I want yes, my car back. Yes, <laughs> but you got to bring do. it back tomorrow. I'm like. <laughs>
0: Ah, that was
3: always the way it's never ready when it's oh that's always me oh you have it we'll have it back to you first you know by the end of the day if you have it here the night before we'll give you a
0: call it's like, No, <laughs> yeah. It's,
3: yeah it's like it's 459 am i getting my car
0: yeah <laughs> uh all right um so we we've, we've been very positive on hyundai and kia vehicles and genesis vehicles mm-hmm. here and wheel bearings over the years um they, they make some really great products um you yeah, know the they're great value. They, you know, you get a lot for your money, and and they they drive really well, and they're generally pretty reliable. But uh, they're super remember.
4: easy to drive, especially when you yeah. want to steal one.
0: Yeah, just <laughs> even you, to take even one without a key. Um, and uh, you know, um, I, I can't remember. Have we talked about the fact that these cars have, are getting stolen? Yeah, we yeah, have okay. talked
3: about it. That it was a big yeah. deal. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, uh, you know, they, that, Hyundai and Kia for reasons, you know, probably having to do with saving a couple of bucks, um, have, had decided that on their low end, their, their entry level models that still have a key, a physical key instead of, uh, instead of, a, um, a fob, a st- you know, a push button, um, they were not going to include a chip in the key, uh, to act as an immobilizer or to disable the immobilizer, um, on those vehicles. And, some enterprising car thieves found that out, and somebody decided, "Hey, let's do a viral TikTok video about this." <laughs> and then after that happened, um, you know, people started stealing these things in large numbers. Um, so initially, Kia said, "Okay, we'll give everybody a free club to put on your steering wheel." Oh the well, the, did yeah,
3: they yeah, really? I didn't know that. Kia would yeah. yeah. really give you a, a club, club,
0: but Hyundai wanted you to pay like money. Yeah, it. $170 really? for an immobilizer kit plus, you know, whatever the installation cost was, which was oh, a few geez. hundred dollars more than that. Um, well, now this past week, uh, they announced that they are going to fix the problem for free um, with a software update. They figured out a way to fix it uh, in software um, to basically enable the immobilizer or to enable an immobilizer system and also make some changes to the anti-theft alarm to keep it on longer. Uh, if somebody does manage to try and steal it. Yeah. Um, so hopefully in the not too distant future, uh, if you have one of these um, lower lower end Kia or Hyundai products, uh, you'll be able to get that fix uh, free of charge at your local dealer.
4: Because in the oh, be 90s, nice. if this was an issue, like, it, like some people would find out and maybe there'd be like a... You you know maybe there was there was a what well, yeah, an urban an urban myth that you could do this thing with Kias that would sort of
3: no one really know if you could do time it, it got or not. to
4: you by the time it got to you like it would be wrong but now you're like well we're just gonna put it on TikTok the Kia boy is gonna put it on TikTok and <laughs> right. then everyone's like oh this is easy in two I'm seconds a- it's
3: like free cars for next everyone thing, next
4: thing you know tens of thousands of cars are being stolen yeah I'm a 16 year old with nothing to lose <laughs>
3: yeah. why the heck not I could use a car <laughs>
0: yeah. um, all right last topic uh, before we answer a couple of questions uh, is uh, EV charging ports. Uh, BMW blog had uh, had a post up about this um, complaining about where you know well every manufacturer puts them in different places. Uh, the Kia Nero for example, has its charging port in the middle of the, the front fascia, uh, as does the uh, Nissan Leaf, uh, whereas the Kia EV6 and the Ionic 5 have it on the right rear corner. Uh, Tesla has theirs in the left rear corner, uh, in, in in part of the tail lamp cluster. Um, you know, some have it on the right front fender, some have it on the left front fender. Um, where do you where do you think that charging ports should go? I think the, it should go on the front.
4: In the front, because I I I wrote a whole article about this like a year and a half ago about how we should stop putting charging ports on the back, because most charging stations. Our, our front, you know, you pull into it and then, and now you have like, oh, hold on, let me back into this charging port and sometimes it's in a parking lot where it has the angled yes. uh, charge. So now you have to drive the wrong way down the lane. i that. You 100%. gotta back in and it's like, it's like when I, when I get stuck behind, when you're, when you're driving through, it's always the guys in the big truck for some reason they love backing their trucks in the spaces. So you're like, you're going in, they could have just pulled in in two seconds but now I gotta wait two minutes while they back their f one hundred and fifty into the spot, and now yeah. we're doing that with, with EVs. I just did,
3: like, when I did the road the the in with the butt. EV6, It was it's a pain in the butt because depending on exactly how the charging, like, the parking space and the little, the little protective, like, pillars they have so you don't back into anything and the way the curb is, every now and then it's like you have a curb that's very close. They wedged you in the corner of a parking lot so you have no real clean, so you're backing in. It's like, just let me pull in and plug in my car and I can back out where there's not, like, stuff... You're trying to line up for just pull in. I think it should be on the front.
0: On the front. Uh, is that somehow? on the front or on the corner?
3: Well, front Not
4: on the front, corner because the. I'm fine is with the front cheap. corner, but I'm still I want it in the front. I don't I, want the, the rear front, corner. I guess
3: the front, I, I, but I want it on the front. I would love it right smack in the middle. Smack in the middle, in the middle. because then no matter which side you're pulling into, you're easy. It's easy to get. Yeah, to. Yeah, you don't have to so, like fight. Sometimes with you're the, manhandling it because the cables. They're super thick. They're very, very thick. It's not like the cable on a, on a hose on a, for your gas. And if it's cold, they actually are difficult.
0: They do get pretty stiff. They
3: get, and yeah. then you're trying to sort of like bend it to get the connector to line up just right. <laughs> yeah, you have these like, two hands. You're like, ah. Yes. Ah. I, there was one where it was cold in the way the connector like was. Like you're way, loading
4: a torpedo in a it submarine.
3: <laughs> it took both me and Eileen to get it to the stupid thing to plug in because it had been, <laughs> the way it was hanging on the thing, the cord had sort of kinked funny. So it was sort of half frozen-ish that way so we're trying it's like she's literally bending the middle of the hose i'm trying to twist the connector i'm like dear god just line up i just want it no Mm-mm. in the front right in the middle so you can get this no matter how the hose is and no matter where you are strong feelings well,
0: except that that's great if the charger is located at the the end of the the space like you know the way most the way most superchargers are there's a few that aren't this way but most of them you know they have them lined up along a curb you know and you pull up you know or back in you know right next to the charger um but you know a lot of the charging stations you know some of them are like that
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um where you know you can pull straight in and the charger is right there in front of you and you plug it in no problem but others um and there's you know charge point a couple of charge point dc chargers near me here that are set up that way. But the EA station over here is set up with pairs of chargers, you know, with, with parking spaces in between them. So they're on the side of the car. Yeah. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's all over. And I've seen other EA stations where they are set up, you know, along the end. So they you yeah, know, even the, even the charging stations aren't, Consistent. Well, it's
3: they are totally inconsistent. So one charging station is easy to pull in. Another one's not. There's all this inconsistency because we're still figuring it out. So I think we should figure it out. So it's always in the front. And every charging station like, you don't pull into a gas station and go like, hmm wonder where the nozzle's going to be on this one like you always pull up to the side <laughs> yeah, your but, gas tank is always But if on the you're side, like us oh, driving different right. cars
0: every week you got to remember you got to remember the, but still car? you just look on the still
3: yeah but still you know like you know it's going to be on the side of your car like you're going to pull up yeah. you look and see am I left or right yeah. okay you pull up and you know you pull up and the nozzle's on the side and your car is going to line up with it on the side and everything's going to be happy with it's not the same with electric vehicles Okay. Like well, what, all what, over i want it to just pull straight right. in
0: so what happens in the scenario, you know, we're starting to get also some charging stations that are set up, that are uh, set up with drive, you know, pull through uh, for yes. charging. So if you're towing a trailer, yes. you know, so it's set up more like a traditional gas
4: station. You can still you pull still? up with a, in the front with a pull through. That's the thing. <laughs> you can still just that's stop gonna, there. And that's in front. not going to negate you from yeah. using that. If Especially you if it's in right in front. So no matter what side you pull up in the pull through, it's if it's in the front, it's okay. still going to go over there.
3: Yeah, it still works. I mean, if they wanted to set them up so they were giant like gas stations, you just pull in and they were all. in your gas tank is because your gas tank is always on the side, so it's always going to work with a side thing, you know. But yeah, I I think putting them. The, in the
4: thing front, is, yeah, most most charging is it's it's something you do while you're doing something else. And so you're yeah. parking, as opposed to just pulling through really quickly. If they like start you making fast.
3: charging stations that are like gas stations, then like it would work just putting it on the side, just like it does a
4: gas. If it went it's to the front, it's fine because in the '70s we had a job, right. we had it a job, and a it was, challenge. Yes. It, it was you pull the license plate the down license in the truck. License plate, <laughs> it was middle of the back, right? Middle of the so back it worked. It middle worked of the front it, still yeah. works. Yeah. yeah, We we've solved the problem. Done. Okay.
3: <laughs> Listen to us. There you go. Middle front. That's how we have it on our Kona. Middle of the front. Yep, that's Pull what in. I want. I agree with you. But
4: oh, a little, a little tidbit. If you're, if you're renting a car, if you look at the uh, actual gas station, the little gas logo in your car where the, the uh, fuel station the, is, there's a the little gauges. arrow. Okay. Yeah, where the gauge is, there's a little arrow that tells you which side your, your, uh, the fueling port is. Um, on EVs, it doesn't have that. <laughs> yeah.
3: what? I was just thinking that as we were talking. I'm like, why don't they have that?
4: They should have like, don't... A little, they don't have that. I don't know. They, I don't understand should, why. They should
0: have. They should have that little. Charger icon there with an arrow pointing to left or right or, or, actually or forward. Maybe maybe more of a, an overhead view icon of the car with an arrow
4: pointing to where the charger is. Yeah, yeah.
3: So you would know like charger that. here yeah. or charger here, so you could see. I where think, it think there's it is. one car
4: I got I got in that doesn't have it, but but that was I, I should have remembered. Now I feel bad because there's probably one person who has it. And They're like, hey, they're
3: like, we but did yeah, that. And you give us them, credit.
4: Most of them do not have because I, I always check, and I'm always like.
3: Thing that they didn't think to do that, like it's yeah. such a big, it's such a cool little thing in a gas vehicle. Why yeah. when they were designing EVs, like pfft, they're on their own? Forget it; they can figure it
0: out. Well, you know, one of the advantages, you know, most, almost all of these EVs have digital instrument clusters, so they could easily, you know, update the iconography on the cluster to put, a little to, to put over, a little, to put a little
3: arrow. It shouldn't be an arrow; it should be a lightning bolt that blinks. A little psh- yeah, blink. Link. There
4: you go, like a little Letting like Shazam.
3: Yeah. yeah, like a little Shazam, Shazam, back right corner, Shazam, Shazam, shazam. front right corner. <laughs> pew, pew pew.
4: That's. Link. I also
3: Oops. wanted to say Shazam or pew pew. That would also work.
0: <laughs> okay, all right. Let's answer uh, a couple of listener listener questions. Um, Andy C uh, in the Discord asked, uh, "What does the team think about free charging provided to new EVs for early adopters? This was a great bonus for early adopters getting an EV." However, this has recently caused significant overcrowding at EV chargers and led to bad habits. Example, not moving a vehicle when done charging uh, or charging the battery to
4: 100%. So uh, I, I've thought about this. I think that you get X amount, like we get 250 kilowatt hours of free charging with Arcona, which we've used like 10 so far. Um, but I think, I think it has to be a time limit as opposed to, like, you get this many, this much. I think you're like, oh, you get 30 minutes. Like, BMW has, like, you get 30 minutes of free charging when you go to an EA, EA mm. station up to a certain amount. That, I think that's going to that, – that'll help. If, when you just have, like, oh, you have 250 kilowatts like I have, I could just go and park the car there and charge to 100% every time if I'm bored and go to, like, the IHOP that's nearby. At least six times anyway. Yeah, at least six times. But if you, if you have a 30-minute time limit or, like, okay, it's 30 minutes, and then after that – you're, you're paying. I think the I think the thirty ten minute timeline will help alleviate some of this sort of like people just parking and leaving their cars there <laughs> for yeah. the free charging. Do they not? Do they and
3: not? If, and that's, uh, there the is
4: free... an idle. There's idle charge. You get like, you get, yeah. you get charged for idle. I was gonna say.
3: Do you? I was wondering. Is, does it not give you an idle charge if you have? Yeah, so you'd it, still pay for the idle charge. Pretty much so. everybody yeah.
4: does that
0: now. Yeah, I was
3: I didn't know the way you were saying. it was like, wait, you're still paying extra if you're sitting there not really charging. Yeah, 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 yeah for the you, idle
0: charge. In most cases, okay. I think you, I think EA is like a 10, 10 minute grace period. And after that, they start charging you an idle fee um, yeah. for for sitting there, um, yeah. You know, and uh, to what you said, Robbie, you know, I think the the way that Kia does it on the EV6, for example, you get unlimited thirty minute charging sessions on Electrify America, so yeah. you can charge as many times as you want, but each session is limited to thirty minutes, and after that, it shuts off. And you know, given that you know, in most cases, you How know, fast they, that some charge, assuming, assuming the charger is actually functioning, yeah, uh, you know, which Given that it's Electrify America is you know <laughs> not necessarily something you want to count on, but assuming it's functioning as intended, you know you should be able to get pretty much a full charge in thirty minutes, mm-hmm. um, or or very close to it. And then after that, you know you have a few minutes of, of grace period, and then you've got to unplug it and move it, um, and uh, and preferably do move it. Don't just unplug it and leave it there. You know. Oh, uh, you're actually,
4: a, you're a. You're the worst person if you do that. Yeah, <laughs> You're just a bad person. EV,
0: EV drivers that park in front of a charger because it's right next to the store that they're going to. Yeah, that's And don't bad actually form. plug
4: in. That's bad. that's bad. I've yeah, seen a couple of Tesla. So, you know a couple you know, Teslas do that. And I'm like, come on.
3: You know what I was seeing, and I, I I didn't. I was trying to decide if this would make me mad if I was driving an EV every day, and you drive one, Robbie. So does this make you mad when people? Um, There were people railing on a thread I was reading on Twitter about those who charge their vehicle to over 80%. They're very, very, very mad that people would sit and, like, charge to 85 or 90. Because, you know, you got that sweet spot, 10 to 80. And once you hit past 80, if you're trying to get to 100, you're going to take a lot longer. Mm. And people are really angry. But in my head, I'm like, well, that would be inconvenient. But, like, what if you're trying to go somewhere? Like, what if you need the extra charge, you know?
4: I, I, I look at it as, like, I had to charge that EV6 GT that I had to 100%. Cause I was mm-hmm. doing a drive and it was part, part of it was cause part of it was, was, you know, with, this is where I started, this is where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to charge it up to hundred percent. But when I, when I do that, I make sure that there's other charging ports. Mm-hmm. And so if, okay, so, I, so I, you I, don't go and you don't go and take the last available charging port. And- yeah. Yeah. I always check it. Like usually is like, you know, six, there's eight chart. There's eight 350 charging ports in Nevada, Nevada, Nevado. Novato. On the other side of the bridge, um, so I look and I'm like, "Oh, there's five of them are available." When I went when I, on my way over there, I'm like, "Okay," because that's why I want to start my my uh, my drive. Yeah. So when I got there, there were still five of them <laughs> available. Five available, and so and then by the time I left, there were still three available. So I felt I didn't feel like you know it does feel weird like you're charging up to 100, percent but if you're going somewhere. Like I what feel if like you're, if you're going like on a road trip, you want to If you're road tripping, you probably want to just go up to 80 and then get back on the yeah. road.
3: Unless, like, but like, I see, I, I, but people were mad. I think the anger surprised me. Like, how I just, dare was on Twitter. Charged, yeah.
4: yeah and it was Twitter person, is mad.
3: Twitter was, is just they mad. Were angry. And it wasn't like one guy was angry and was like, Yeah, those eight holes, you charge up to 100%. I'm like, But what if you, what if you're you don't know the this, drive and you need Yeah, you they need don't understand the situation. What if you, there are some people who are
4: just like, I'm, this is how I charge my car all the time, and I'm just going to charge. 100 and I'm just going to sit there. I'm going to put my fifth, my, you know, my my bolt on the 350 even though there's a 150 next to it. Like that's when you're like <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. People but Yeah, very there's they're they there they're, 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 and so someone came up and they were talking because one of the chargers was was charging very slowly at the EA station. Yeah and they're like, "Well, you're charging up to this." And I'm like, "Oh yeah." I'm like, I'm, you know, I and I explained I review cars I'm going on a drive cuz everyone kind of gets out at some point and just starts talking to, right, to each talking
3: other. Right, you're talking
4: to random people. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, I'm doing a big drive, a big test today with the car." And they're like, "Oh, okay." And it was very much like this guy's going up to 100%. I can, I, I I could tell that was the conversation I got out and I talked to them. And they're like, "Oh, okay." And then I'm like, "Do you guys want to sit in the car?" And They're like, "Ooh," they get all excited about that. Cuz it's the EV6 GT, so they were just like, "Oh, right. wow, how fast does it go?" I'm like, "Too fast. It's great."
3: <laughs> very fast. Speedy <It's> quick. <laughs> Yeah.
0: All right. Um, Adam J. on Mastodon asked, a while ago I sent a question asking how to submit feedback to a manufacturer as there there wasn't any consistent way to report bugs or request features. wanted to share that Ford has done something pretty cool in my Mach-E with the latest OTA update. There's now a voice feedback option where you can record up to 45 seconds of any comment you want us owners in the forums have been quite have been coordinating to send in similar items for common bugs and requests. Ooh, pretty that's, cool.
4: That's smart. That's, that's hey,
3: really Yeah, if that's you're all on yeah.
4: And that's great when you guys all when 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 you the whole when the community all knows. okay, this is something that we all think is an issue. We all
3: hate this. So Let's you can tell all... Ford we all hate this so they know it's not just one guy in Idaho. It's everybody.
4: <laughs> yeah. That's pretty sweet. Good that's job. C- yeah, that's, that's really a good mean. idea. Good job on yeah. good job on Ford, yeah. good job on Adam J's uh, forum Group. people and, and, yeah, and really considering funny. that you know all of
0: these evs are connected um you know there's no reason why everybody shouldn't be doing this so uh, you know the rest of the industry take note um you know and uh, pay attention and, and do this yeah all right finally jb says uh, sorry i have nothing on those uh what? nothing on those as i've moved from it oh so this was in response to uh uh the the comment uh, he had asked about uh, what we were driving, you know, to see if, we had, see if there were any questions um, oh. that uh, we had. Uh, and I, I had put in that I was driving the Pathfinder and we had the QX60 and Q50. So there's nothing of those that moved on to, from the SUV to a wagon.
4: Yeah. But I do like
0: oh, the sorry. looks of the new Pathfinder. I do, however, have a sort of odd topic to consider. Generalizations made about drivers based upon <laughs> what they drive. I, w- I know one should never put much faith in such things, but nonetheless, they as they do get shared online. Historically, BMW drivers <laughs> have been an example of an inconsiderate and likely not to use their t- signals. More recently, I've seen Reddit posts on how Nissan Altima drivers are very dangerous.
3: Really? Uh,
0: that that's.
3: Huh. I I guess, okay.
0: I mean, a a lot a lot of. Um, I know a lot of ride hail drivers use Ultimas because they've been able to get very good uh, deals. On those. That's the so maybe maybe that's it. So uh, he's seen a few examples in Southeast Michigan and New Jersey, but again, is this really a thing? Um, discuss amongst yourselves.
3: So, so uh, I don't know Ultima I, drivers. I always the, feel like my thing is Prius drivers who are slow as snails.
4: So I th- riding a motorcycle or riding a scooter around, um, you 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 start recognizing. Uh, drivers, and I think the the folks that were the most terrifying for uh, for me were white F one hundred and fifty pickup <laughs> trucks driven by contractors because they give zero F's about what's going on. They're just like, I got to do this job. They're just driving around. Sometimes they're probably not even driving their own truck. They just they just don't care. They park wherever they want They and that was surpassed by ride by right, by Uber and Lyft drivers because they're a lot of them, especially in the Bay Area, aren't from the Bay Area. They come here because they can make more money. Mm-hmm. And they so they don't know where they're going. They have someone in the car. They're trying to figure out where that person is. They're not really paying attention. They're looking at the app. They also have another phone. Then they also have their navigation. They have three screens that they're looking at. And half at the time, it. they're talking to somebody on the on a fourth phone. Yeah, they're yeah. talking to someone on the phone. They're trying to figure out where to pick this person up or drop this person off. And they're just driving all over the place. So those are really the most terrifying people on the road. If it's... Outside of them, uh, older gentlemen and German in German uh, sedans, and young <laughs> dudes and um, tricked-out cars were typically the ones that I had to I had to be careful of.
3: Young dudes and tricked-out cars are notoriously well. They're young dudes.
4: They're young dudes. out
3: cars. I think that says the whole thing.
4: I did have somebody in a young dude in a BMW chase me once because he's because, what did I, you passed do to, because I passed t- him what? on my Vespa.
2: <laughs>
4: and he just he was just angry so then I and he, he, he threw a bottle at me oh and so God. I chased him and I called the cops on him because nice he threw
3: a pen at me once we were in pen. heavy traffic yeah it was the weirdest thing <laughs> i we were in heavy traffic it was years ago and you know that heavy traffic and like you've, you've got to merge in like you're getting on the highway somebody you have to merge in front of somebody like you know <laughs> when it's bumper to bumper traffic and I was you know we're nicely zippering and I merged in front of the guy but then the guy was like honked at me and I'm like well literally it was like you go, I go, you go, I go. It was and he was like very angry, like somehow I cut him off. I'm like, dude, we're going one mile an hour. Everyone's just merging. There was it's a zipper. Uh, like, like a zipper. I don't even know what he was mad about. And then eventually he gets into the lane next to me and he waits until he can get right next to me and pulls next to me, and he's yelling at me, and he threw a pen at my car. I was like, because I'm looking, at like, what did he throw a pen at me?
4: Like, a, you know how hard it is to find a pen sometimes, especially in your car when you need it? I
3: know. I'm like, dude, you're going to regret throwing that pen at me in your weird, weird he's road like, range oh. because I dared zipper in front of you as I got on the highway. Let's has the box
4: really, of pens always ready. like, like he's his ready ammo. to whip a pen or at a person. Box, a box of Bic. Back- I just feel like he was yeah, so it.
3: mad. I'm like, the only thing you could find in your car was a pen? Like, He's he like, just,
4: like looking around he's like, what do like I I'm like, oh, not
3: getting rid of my coffee. I'll throw this well, pen at her. Yeah.
4: I got pen. rid of all the grenades I usually throw. Right. So.
3: I guess it could have been worse, but it's just such a weird thing. No more coins. It must have no. been like 20 years ago. I'm like, that man just threw a pen at me. Okay.
4: Yeah. yeah. That,
0: For merging. That is, that is definitely an odd <laughs> one. It was odd. <laughs> um, in, in the Discord, Andy C. Uh, responded to this one and said, the new BMW stereotype drivers in the San Francisco Bay Area are Tesla drivers. Yeah.
4: Oh, are they which, really? Yeah. I think it's
0: that's correct.
4: Yeah. No, that, Seems, that is.
0: I mean, I know, and, I know a number of Tesla drivers who, who you know, don't drive like that, but yeah, I, when I, I've definitely seen plenty to do.
4: When I drive a BMW, I make sure I'm the nicest person. On, I mean, I'm, I'm a really nice person on the road because I, I we drive so much. I don't get angry and people cut me off. I just like, whatever. I'm just like <laughs> Because yeah. I still have to do my job and I still have to go where I'm going. I mean, it's, it's not worth the emotional baggage of getting angry every time someone does something stupid just because people are all doing something stupid? Um, but yeah, yeah, I say I the, the Tesla drivers are, and, and I always wonder. Now I kind of pull up next to them to wonder. I'm like, oh, do they have FSD on? Do they have? Is it them I or see the car? Why they're
3: being such terrible drivers?
4: <laughs> you or the car? Is it you or is it a so, is it software? Like who's 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 creating the situation right now?
0: Well, my my, my friend Henry Payne on, on his Tesla with FSD, he got a student driver sticker and put it on the back there. Did see, he really? Go. Yeah. After the first couple of days, it was so bad. He, he oh, just put man. a student driver sticker on. The student driver. Yeah. Which, you know, it's not all that inaccurate. Right. It's actually yeah. just
3: not the human It's the student. It's the
0: software, yeah. but just yeah, details.
4: Yeah, which is terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, there's lots uh, of really great drive. It's just that you see that one person who does that one thing. It's like when people are like, you know, if you ride bikes, you're like, everyone is trying to kill you. I'm like, well, it's. More terrifying when you're on a bike because one just sort of angry person can actually kill you. Versus can actually
3: kill you. Yeah, the
4: person like when people who are driving cars are like, "This one time, this bike rider like didn't stop at a stop sign." I'm like, "Yeah, but that didn't like put your life in peril." <laughs> but they <laughs> they base everything upon that one bicycle rider. So it's yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and and another one of the classic
0: stereotypes, of course, is the Miata, you know, which has long been referred to by many as a hairdresser's
4: car. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. Okay. yeah there's there was, there, was, there was a whole yeah, top gear thing about fast, it and you're just like yeah. oh, it was yeah it's it's tired it's a it's yeah, a it's I mean, a lazy kind of homophobic that, that trope that is say. what it is yeah it's yeah. a lazy homophobic uh-huh. trope <laughs> yeah
0: they're they're just wrong so <laughs> all right well uh that's it for this week. thanks everybody for listening and we'll talk to you next time
3: see ya.
1: bye bye